And a welcome on in. It is Overtime with Jonathan Pito. And glad you guys could be with me here on this Tuesday. Well, very much like an adult today. At this point, I feel like an adult every day. But today in particular, took the newborn to... Is it still newborn at five and a half months? I don't know if there's a cutoff there. Took my baby girl at five and a half months to uh, vote. And I had all the people commenting like, oh, uh, is she going to get a vote in today too? It's like, no, 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 no. But everyone's very nice. Everyone's so much nicer to you when you have a child. I don't know why that is. Maybe it makes you seem like you're an upstanding citizen. Maybe they just like to look at babies. And they go, oh, that's a cute baby. And then it makes their day just a little bit better. I'm not entirely sure why it is. I've noticed this, obviously, like, the, the obvious scenario is, like, when you're crossing a street, it's going to be pretty obvious that people are then going to be like, oh, yeah, you can, you can go. You have, you're holding a baby. You always have the right of way, it feels like. But just in everyday scenarios, I just feel like people are more chipper. People are just nicer in general when you have a baby and you feel like you're at least contributing to society in some way. Maybe that's what that is. But I went and voted. I got that done. Lines were uh, very, very, it was quick. It was in and it was out. Hopefully you guys got out to the polls today too. And outside of that, we've just kind of been waiting around for this show to start. So uh, we got Daryl Ryder at 920. And uh, let's get after it. Where I want to start with you guys is talking about this upcoming season. Because I, w- I was listening into uh, one of our sister stations, 97 won the ticket. Our guy Mike Valeni. Valeni's going to be back here on uh, Friday nights doing the show he's got with Boomer. So that'll be happening at some point in the upcoming weeks. You'll hear the uh, the kickoff show that they have there. And Valenny was talking about the Detroit Lions. And the way he was phrasing it was wondering whether or not the Lions have one of their most important seasons up ahead. And you guys know how I think at this point, right? Everything that I do in life, I instantly revert it back to the Browns in some way or another. Every sports thing that I do in life, I instantly think, how does that impact the Browns? How does that impact the Browns? That's my day-to-day. That's just that's how my, my worldview is shaped now. I sit there and I think, okay, that's interesting, but does it mean the same thing for our Cleveland Browns? And I'm sitting there and I'm listening to him talk about the Lions and some of the parallels between us and them are real. Their fans have to see it before they buy into it, which is something we've gone through. Their fans haven't had a ton of cheer for in recent years. That's us as well. A couple green check marks there. But think about some of the differences that they have. And it was not a hard sell for Valenti and, and his crew over there at 97-1. It felt like two-way caller... Everyone was signed up with the idea that, yeah, this might be legitimately the most important season in Lions history. And I'm like, well, wait just a second. Wait a second. If the Lions lose the captain of the uh, biting kneecap brigade, Dan Campbell, he's not out of a job. They have to then get rid of a quarterback that until week 10 of last year, they didn't even know they wanted to keep in Jared Goff. And what, a front office that is rather new would mostly remain relatively employed? How are these high stakes? Nobody of consequence would have to update their LinkedIn. Nobody of consequence would lose their job. And they're talking freely about this being the most important season in Lions football history. Now, yes, it's true. The Lions have not won a division since 1993. We haven't won one since 1989. They're talking about an opportunity to galvanize an entire town and getting themselves off of being the gum on the bottom of the sports world shoe for the last 15 years. Now, we don't have the university uh, Universal City sports suckage that they have. That's true. I'll, I'll give us that. 
We the Tigers have been an absolute dumpster fire. The Pistons, I, I'm surprised the Pistons even play in the NBA at this point. When I talk about one of those teams that should have been relegated like the soccer teams have done, uh, Detroit Pistons would have been my nomination. They have been absolutely atrocious to watch play. So I get it. Neither one of those teams have won as much as a carnival throwaway prize in recent years. We open up against the Bengals. They open up against the other team that I think is better than the Bengals and the Chiefs in week one. They have a wide open, easy a, uh, NFC North that really should be, they should have the runway to win that division. Bears with Justin Fields might be better in year three for him than what happened in year two. They've tried, but trying is still just where they're at. Green Bay is Green Bay with Jordan Love. And Minnesota right now coming off a 13-win season decided to do a competitive rebuild in the final year of Kirk Cousins, which means Kirk Cousins is basically, uh, yeah, he's gone. He's, this is it. This is it for uh, football's Ned Flanders and also Spencer German doppelganger. This is it for him. And that's all right. When it comes to the NFC North, the Lions have the runway. Is that where the difference is? Is it because it's so wide open where for the Browns it's not as wide open? If, if you want to say that's it, that's it, then that's fine. But I'm looking at some of the similarities, but I'm looking at more the stark differences between these two teams and how is it that a host in Detroit can make the claim that this is the most important season in Lions history, but then I can't turn around and do the same thing for the Browns? So that's where I want to start with you guys. 216-474-0092 on Twitter. There you can find me. I am at Jay Peterlin. Is this the most important season in modern Browns history? So throw away, you want to call up and talk about the 64 title and all that stuff, throw that away. We are talking about modern Browns history. What that means to you might be a little bit different for other people than maybe uh, what it means to me. For me personally, you want to go to 1980 on, I'm cool with that. You want to start the year Sype won the MVP, I'm great with that. You want to talk about 1999 and start from there? Sure, we can do that too. Doesn't matter to me. Your dime, your dance for but what I'm curious to find out is how in Detroit they can make this their rhetoric, but it's not all rhetoric here. This has got to be the most important season in modern Browns history. Because think about everything that's on the line for us this year. Now, I'm saying this with the idea that we could hit the jackpot. I'm saying this with the idea that everything could go about as awesome as you ever could imagine. Deshaun Watson could be great. So we got our quarterback for the length of that contract, and then maybe then some, depending on at what rate we end up winning. But people don't lose, they don't leave winners. That's the thing about Deshaun Watson. I, I've heard some rumblings, some different people in the background suggest, oh, well, you know, we get Deshaun right, he's just going to leave us after four years. He doesn't really want to be in Cleveland after all. Well, you tell me the last quarterback that has left a, a winning place. It just doesn't happen. By their own accord has just left a winning place and a place that has continued to surround them with all the weapons and everything else. You know, Patrick Mahomes didn't complain about Kansas City. He built a bunch of Whataburgers and bought the Royals. Okay, like that's that's what you do. You might not love your situation at first. You turn it into the situation you want it to be. And listen, I don't know why he wouldn't love Cleveland. By all accounts, he's a big fan of the Marble Room. He likes our restaurant scene by all accounts. At least it's what his Instagram tells me, is he likes our restaurant scene. And why wouldn't he? We have a great one. His uh, quarterback's coach says he loves the city. I'll take that for what it's worth. But Deshaun Watson could just as easily be the quarterback for the next decade. 
Kevin Savansky could be the coach for the next decade. Andrew Barry could be the GM for the next decade. The Haslam's could go from one of the worst ownership groups in football to perceived as, wow, they really spent money. And they, how about the foresight on them to go through all the big problematic things around the Browns and to be able to come out on top the way that they did. They, they really went through it, but boy, boy, did they roll that dice correctly. There's so many conversations and so many layers that could be had on this. Obviously, the flip side of all that, though, is that we would be entering a situation that would be about as bad as it gets from a sports standpoint. I think this is different to me than the Baker years for a couple different reasons. When it came to Baker, we thought about the idea that if it didn't work out, we would be up a creek without a paddle. We'd be screwed. We would. But ultimately what happened was the same thing that happened to some of those other quarterbacks in that draft. You know, Baker Mayfield, gone. We spent one year with Brissett and Watson, which wouldn't have been one year if he wasn't actually punished. And then we were on to the next one. That's just how that works. Josh Rosen was there in Arizona for one season, and then he's just gone. Even if it goes so horribly bad, to stay in that draft class for a second, if it goes so horribly bad, and you're Sam Darnold, and you're seeing Casper out there on the field, you know what's fine about that? So they went through four years, which was maybe two years too late. They went for four years, hanging on to Sam Darnold. It was what it was, and then they moved on. You don't have to be stuck with these quarterbacks until the end of time. They didn't have to stay with Sam Darnold. They thought they could squeeze something out of him. They were wrong in that assessment. We would know after one year if Deshaun Watson wasn't it. The problem with Deshaun Watson in this discussion and why it makes it such an important season for the Browns is that if Deshaun Watson isn't great, then we got him for the next four years regardless. We are handcuffed by that contract if he isn't great. And that's got to be part of the storyline. 216-474-0092. Is this the most important season in modern Browns history? 1999 on is what I'm going for here. You want to bring it back to the 80s? That's okay, too. We can go through the Bernie years if you want. Modern Super Bowl era is what I'm trying to play with, though. Because it, it is a very different situation than what I think a lot of people are projecting across the league for some of their own teams. But I don't think it's crazy to suggest that this is the most important season in Browns history. Because the ramifications with what happens if it goes sideways is way more devastating than what happens in other years. Baker plays through that injury, and then you go out and you get Watson. It was not a five-year rebuild. You weren't wandering around the desert for a million years trying to become relevant across the NFL. You spent one season with Jacoby Brissett and Deshaun Watson, and then boom, now we're already this year off to the races, and hopefully we don't look back. But from a top-to-bottom standpoint, if it goes poorly this year, the janitor in Berea is going to be fired. Nonetheless, the head coach and everybody else associated with power. Detroit Lions, no one's getting fired. No one's getting canned. Dan Campbell will come back for another season. They'll go back to the drawing board. They'll dump Jared Goff like a bad habit, and life will move on. For a lot of these NFL teams, it'll be as simple as, all right, didn't go the way we wanted. Them's the breaks. It happens in the NFL. Let's go run it back next year and see what's good. For the Browns, it would be a failure that would be crippling for this franchise for years to come. But also, if it works out great, will be the type of moves that will make Jimmy Haslam a legend in this town 
That'll make Kevin Stefanski, Andrew Barry, everybody else associated with the Deshaun Watson move absolute legends in a city that has been waiting for it. So I think it is, but you can tell me if you think I'm crazy. 216-474-0092. On Twitter, there you can find me. I am at JPeterwin. Is this the most important season in modern Browns history? Daryl Ryder coming your way at 920. we got to get to the fan focus at 9 o'clock as well. We'll get to off the beaten path, but it might not be 940 tonight because we got a Guardians game in action. we got to react to Daryl. we got a ton of spinning plates up in the air. We'll do it all next, though. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterwin here with you on the fan. All righty, back out of here on the fan. Asking you guys at 216-474-0092 whether or not you think this is the most important Brown season in modern Super Bowl history for the team. It's funny, I was thinking about in between the break, I was going through like what exactly this means, right? If it all works out, then we don't have to go through this discussion for another 10 years or so. We're making the bet with our career that if it pays off, we can retire to the beach, fire up the margarita machine, golf daily, It's a big bet, but if it works, you basically get to live the easy life as far as a sports fan is concerned for the next decade. And I don't know why I keep going back to this idea that I'd retire to a beach and drink margaritas. It it just, it makes no sense to me. I don't really even like the beach, if I'm being honest. I know you're like, oh, what person doesn't like the beach? I'm an extraordinarily pale human being. The beach just makes me extremely red. It makes it's it's uncomfortable. You get sand everywhere. It's just I might be one of the few percentile of Americans that I'm just I love the idea of the beach more than I love the beach myself. I am that I'm the scene if it's always sunny in Philadelphia when they're like we should really take this one outside and and maybe do something productive with our days and they go to the park bench and then they get outside and they're like yeah it's, it's really boring. it's bright out here isn't it yeah that's me not for me is it but. It is for a lot of you guys. So let's, let's stay with that like Corona-esque picture, okay? From a sports perspective, if the Browns hit this year, it is like you are betting on your company. Your little company that you want to see succeed happen, well, that little company strikes it rich. And all of a sudden, you don't have to worry about money. You don't have to worry about working. You don't have to worry about any of the other problems that everyone else in your life has to worry about. You hit the lottery, essentially. You did it through hard work, but you hit the lottery, essentially. That's what the Browns are going for here. You would be hitting the NFL's version of the lottery. Now, I could make an argument that if they hit this big payday and they still got everything right and they can retire off to the beach and everything's perfect, I can make an argument that it's probably the worst time in NFL history to have had this happen. But I'm not going to fret about whether or not the moment you finally become a millionaire happens, it's because everyone else around you also became a millionaire. Like, I, I don't care. That'd be like uh, all your buddies getting rich through Bitcoin, and you're like, I dang it, I worked so hard and persevered for so many years to become a millionaire, and then Jack in the corner got rich off Bitcoin. Like, no, who cares? You get to play the same, uh, you know, really nice golf courses and have a really nice life. It'll be all right. But the hard part, though, it's better late than never, but within the AFC right now, even if they do strike it rich, so to speak, and everything goes right, you are in what I believe to be the best version of quarterbacking we've ever seen in AFC history. You name me a time where you can be the 11th best quarterback in the sport, and that's what Mike Sando said Deshaun Watson is at this current moment, and you have seven other quarterbacks in the AFC ahead of you, including the top five on that list. It is legitimately the best time 
to be a quarterback in the NFC because you're not playing the competition that you are in the AFC. Jalen Hurts is having a field day. Now, Dak Prescott should be like, this is the greatest thing to ever happen to me. Everyone migrated over to the AFC, and then all the rookie quarterbacks have all grown up a little bit more, and they've all gotten a little bit better. That is Herbert, that is Lawrence, that is Burrow, that is all these type of guys mixed in with Rodgers coming over this past offseason, Russell Wilson coming over two seasons ago. It's incredible how it all worked out, but it's all worked out. So even if you strike it rich, we're not on easy street yet, even though I want to give you a margarita and put you on a beach. But the reality is, is that there's an upside and a downside to all this. This is the most important season in modern Browns history because of the ramifications that come with not being able to get this one through. The Browns have real stakes for this year, real stakes. Everyone down to the janitor isn't safe in Berea if this thing goes sideways this year. We have multiple people with jobs on the line in positions that actually matter. Stefanski, Deep Podesta, likely Barry in my mind. We have no way out if it doesn't. We are the definition of putting all eggs into one basket. And I don't know that the Browns have done it to this magnitude before. The hardest time to be in the AFC. With as little wiggle room as anyone has had, this is where we're at. Now what's amazing to me, is how we keep up in the ante when it comes to the stakes in any given season. 2019 was as important, in my estimation, as any year we'd seen in recent memory, and we just keep moving the goalpost on this one. But this season will have, it's going to be blissful euphoria very early on, or it's going to be absolute chaos. I'm not seeing much in between. You're going to have people walking around with that laugh from the Joker in the Dark Knight, or you're going to have people walking around like, I can't believe this is the greatest day of my life. This is going to be very, 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 I can feel it right now. This is going to be very Uncut Gems Adam Sandler-esque, where I'm just going to have, I'm going to have heart palpitations. I'm going to, I'm going to be sitting around thinking like, how, how, what, what are we doing here? 216474 to below 92. And maybe that's what scares me the most. I think the phrasing on this is very interesting. If I say it's the most important season in modern Browns history, because If you guys really did believe in this team in a very, very strong way and had 100% confidence, like Lions fans, for instance, should have a a lot of confidence in their team. Easy NFC North right now. Big runway to see some major awesome things happen for Detroit. Probably not as much of a question mark in Jared Goff as maybe some would think. Jared Goff statistically last year had the same numbers as Joe Burrow. Look it up. We've done it already. It's it's 100% true. But the reality is, is that They get to be excited about week one against Kansas City. I'm on pins and needles about week one against Joe Burrow. I'm on pins and needles. I'm supposed to be over the moon. I'm supposed to be giddy. I'm supposed to be just fraught with anticipation. And right now, I'm more scared about what this is going to look like. And I'm excited for this year from a standpoint of I think they're talented, but it still still scares me. 216-474-0092. Nelson and Avon Lake up next on the fan. Hello, Nelson. What's up, JP? Yo, what's up, man? Man, good to listen to you all the time. Um, you know, I, I agree, right? Like, when I think of the Browns this season, right, like a lot of optimism. Finally, I think you have a competent defensive coordinator. I think they've done a good job addressing the defensive line, which was an issue. They brought, you know, 
reasonably better talent uh, on the wide receiver room, and we hope that Deshaun Watson turns out to be what Deshaun Watson was before the suspension and everything else. But I'm with you, right? Like, this reminds me of when Michael Jordan was in the league and everybody else was playing for second, right? Like, we have a player of a generation in Patrick Mahomes, and in my opinion, who looks like the potentially uh, could be as good in Joe Burrow right in our division, just just getting past those two teams is going to be tough. And mm-hmm. and then you add all the other, you know, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and, you know, the up-and-coming quarterbacks in the West. I mean, the AFC is just loaded. Stop. I mean, it's absolutely loaded. But I'm excited for the season. I, I think the Browns it, – it, uh, maybe I'm being a homer. I, I think the Browns will have a decent year, but I mean, nine, eight, nine wins could be a decent year in, in the AFC. So we'll see, man. Thanks for the time, brother. And thank you, Nelson. I appreciate you. If the AFC cannibalizes itself, then maybe eight, nine. But I don't see eight, nine as a as a great year or a good year. I think you're going to have to do more. You know, look at the Vegas numbers. Vegas numbers right now, it's lower than it typically is, and it's because they do think that the AFC is going to beat up on itself. It's just the reality of it. I tend to agree with that. And it's funny is that I, I should have so much confidence in this Browns team because I, I said before, I think it's one of the best 2-53 to 53 in the NFL. You can put it up right there with the Bills, with the 49ers. 2-53, to 53, I think it's magnificent. I love a lot of what the Browns have done. They've spent their offseason filling up the holes and the gaps, and they've done so. Defensive line, I think with Jim Schwartz, is going to be incredible this year. I love to see what's going to happen with some of the wide receivers. And we'll talk about one of those, Amari Cooper, in a little bit. There's a lot of different things I like about this Browns team. There's no question about that. A lot of things I love about this Browns team. But the question mark that is Deshaun Watson does live over this team. And I just, I find it fascinating. We can't take this year lightly by any stretch of the measure. But I don't know that as a collective, and myself included on this, I don't know that we've taken enough time to sit back and truly understand the ramifications of what we're entering for this year. And truly, like, sit back and just think about it for a second. Lions are in there in Detroit, and their hosts are talking about how it's the most important season they've had in in Lions history. And I I look at it, and I'm like, you guys have a tenth of what we have riding on the line right now. It's like going up to the blackjack table and then looking at two people. One person puts $100 down. The next person puts their entire mortgage on the line. It's like, we're... We're playing for two different things here, buddy. You, you want to go ahead and hit on 16. You go ahead and do whatever you got to do. But we're playing We're playing two different games here. You're, you're playing for some money. I'm, I'm not saying you're not playing for some money. You're playing for some importance. But we're, we're playing two different games. The Browns are putting the mortgage, the house, the keys to the car, everything all right in the center of the table. They are Mike McDermott in rounders with three stacks of high society against Teddy KGB. They're just trying to survive out here. But they're, they they pushed it all in, and there really isn't a safety net attached to it. You fail in other areas, there's a safety net. Baker Mayfield could have been the worst number one overall pick, and he wasn't, but he could have been the worst number one overall pick in football history. And you know what would have happened? We would have Josh Rosen them. You just would have got rid of him right away. You would have ate the salary on it, and you're on to the next one. That's it. That's all it would have been. Wouldn't have been hard. You just You just move on. You can't move on from Deshaun Watson. So not only do you have the fact that, and listen, no risk it, no biscuit, Bruce Arians. If this works out, you're you're in the money. 
it's, it would be awesome if it works out. But if it doesn't work out, you're tied to Deshaun Watson for the next three years and back of this year. You're, you're firing everybody and anybody. The coach is gone. The GM is gone. De Podesta is probably gone. And you got to start completely new. So I'm looking at some of these other teams, and I got a couple we'll play with here in a second. But I'm looking at some of these other teams, and I'm like, does anybody in football or is anybody in football running the same risk that we are this year? Two one six four seven four double O ninety two. Is there a single team out there that you can think of that is ponying up as much as we are at the at the blackjack table right now? I mean, my goodness. And the worst part, move this to the craps table. We got the entire NFL betting on the don't come line right now. Everyone's betting again. They want to see us fail. We put everything into the center of the table, and they're like, oh, please, please, please fail. That's the worst part of all this. I don't think there's a single team in football that is anning up as much as we currently are right now. And I, that's why it's a, it's a no-brainer to me. And I know you guys know this. I know you know this. But it really is. This, is, this season means more than any Baker year. More than any year since 99, more than any Bernie year, more than any year with Brian Seip, this year means that much because it just, it, it, the trajectory of the, the franchise, this isn't one of those scenarios where you can just pick up the pieces and go. This is one of those scenarios where you have to burn the whole entire house down to the ground to then try to build it up from scratch. There's no just buying the house next door. It doesn't work that way. 216 92 so I ask you this, and we'll get to Daryl Ryder at 920, but is there any team in football that is anning up as much as we are for this upcoming season? Is there any team in football that has as much on the line as we do for this upcoming year? 216-474-0092 on Twitter. There you can find me. I am at Jay Peterlin. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterlin here with you on the fan. All righty, back out of here on the fan. we got the fan focus coming your way at 9 o'clock. Daryl Ryder at 920. We will ask Daryl about the Johnny Manziel documentary. I did not watch it this morning. I told myself I was going to. We got a million documentaries in, uh, in, you know, we got Hard Knocks tonight. We got Johnny Manziel. We also have the Bill Simmons documentary that came out about uh, Scoot Henderson and some of the players that are now getting a chance to be rookies this year in the NBA. There's a lot of documentaries. It's a good time for sports documentaries. And usually in the morning, I'll watch them with my daughter because at this point, uh, she can't speak, so she can't tell me that she doesn't like him. She can't, she can't be like, hey, Dad, let's watch Bluey instead. I don't have that in my life yet. There'll be a point in time where that happens, and I have to watch those things. So for right now, in the morning, we started watching Quarterback. We finished that one. We just watched sports documentaries for like an hour or so, and then we put on Ken and Anthony, and we go from there, and we, we get our day going. But we do about an hour of sports documentaries. And uh, the Johnny Manziel one was going to be on the docket. It didn't. Mainly because I ended up watching... So Untold is the one that's doing the Johnny Manziel documentary. They came out with that Jake and Logan Paul one. And so we you know, watched that and we're making our way through. We're getting there. I know, though, because I watched the Jake and Logan Paul one, I know because I didn't like either one of them that after watching the documentary, I ended up liking both of them, that I'm going to go into this Johnny Manziel one with like the same oomph that I had the Jordan documentary with where I knew Jordan put it together. Jordan uh, was behind it all. It was basically Jordan propaganda for 10 episodes. So I know that's what this is going to be. This is going to be Johnny Manziel propaganda. But we'll find out what Daryl thinks about it coming up at 920. And then I'll watch it tomorrow morning, and we'll have my thoughts tomorrow night. How about that? Is that a deal? Sounds like a deal to me. But right now we're talking about 
whether or not the Browns have more risk this year with this season than any other team in the NFL. And I started this out asking you guys if this is the most important season in modern Browns history. Because I was listening to our sister station over there in Detroit, 97 won the ticket, our buddy Mike Villani, and he was asking that question about Lions fans. And I was thinking about it within the Lions, and I'm like, Dan Campbell's not getting fired if they lose. It's not going to be comfortable for him, but he's not getting fired. Jared Goff might lose his gig, but nobody in the front office is losing his gig. And with Jared Goff, they didn't even want him there anyway. He just happened to put up numbers that were as good as Joe Burrow last year, passer rating within like one and a half of each other, higher QBR for whatever that's worth. So he had as good of a season as Joe Burrow last year, and so they had to keep him. You know, Detroit was laughing at the conversation about whether or not Lamar Jackson could end up in Detroit. It's like, nah, we're good. We got Jared Goff. It was a surprise, but it's true. And so if their season goes bad, you know what happens? They go back to the drawing board. They're down and out on their luck for one year, and it is what it is. We're not that same way. We're not. We have much more at the table than they do as far as risk is concerned. We are loading up the amount of risk that we have. And I'm thinking about teams across the NFL, and I'm trying to figure out which teams even have real stakes like the ones we have riding on the line this season. Because the Lions, I'm sorry. There's a lot that maybe you don't want to be the team that, and from a city standpoint, I, I get it. You you don't want to be the, the gum on the bottom of the sports world shoe like you have been for the last 15 years, and you're looking around thinking how uh, the Pistons suck, the Tigers suck. I don't know hockey enough, but I, I would imagine the Red Wings aren't great anymore considering I think they just went through. They, I think they had a top pick this past this past lottery, but don't quote me on that. I'm not a hockey guy. I do everything else. I'm not a hockey guy. The names are really tough for me in hockey. Yarmer Yager is enough to make you really just kind of be like, whoa, really tough. You got to really pay attention to the sport. There's no cheating in that sport. You got to really know it. And it, the, the catch-up is, it's, it's like entering a, a TV show 12 seasons in. It was just a, too incredibly hard for me to stay tuned with. But they got a lot riding. But it's nowhere close to what the Browns have riding. I wondered about the Broncos. Broncos came to mind. If it doesn't work now, they're on the hook for Russ the same way we are for Deshaun, which I think is crucial for this. They also add Sean Payton to that mix. All the Walmart money in the world doesn't want to go through that. Sean Payton being a one-and-done coach like Nathaniel Hackett after he ripped Nathaniel Hackett would be really funny as far as comedy is concerned but really awful from a Broncos fan perspective. Can't have that happen. Can't have that happen. So I think the Broncos have real stakes. But part of why I'm giving them the same credence as what the Browns have, but not as much, is because with Russell Wilson, they're they're tied. They are tied. They are sitting there, and they, they have no way out. That's just the reality of it. Now, some would say the Patriots. They might be able to enter the family photo of teams with real consequences on the line. They're already one foot out the door with Mac Jones. Maybe they move on from Bill, and that would be a massive change. But what's different there is that they don't do it. If they don't do it this year, it's going to happen after he breaks Don Shula's record. The Patriots feel like they're just buying time until the inevitable, in my mind. That, that breakup is going to happen. It's like a couple that is going through counseling, but even the couple's therapist is saying you should call it quits coming to an end just accept it but I don't think the Patriots are quite ready to do that 
but this year means something, but ultimately they're going to get to that conclusion. So I don't think the Patriots are playing with some of the same risk. And I thought about the Bills, but Josh Allen isn't going anywhere. Changing their head coach might be the best thing that ever happened to them. Bills fans might be rooting for one step back to take two steps forward. So I'm looking around, and I I really don't think, and you can hit me up on X. I'm calling it X now. And our X reactions are powered by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. That might only last a day because it felt really uncomfortable. Also, wasn't X, I'm going to really sound like a goober here. Uh, Boehm, how good are you in drug culture? Try me. Was X, I like that answer, was X short for ecstasy? It was indeed. But ecstasy is no longer ecstasy. Ecstasy is Molly now, right? I think Molly is like the more pure form of it. It's like okay. the it's the active ingredient in ecstasy. I wouldn't even know what to order drug, what the name would be if I wanted to try drugs these days. My goodness. All right. So And you have to worry about it all being dosed with fentanyl. The, oh, my gosh. No, seriously, though? That's yeah, a, it's a real problem. It's a real problem. I was just telling my wife this the other day. I was sitting around, and because, you know, I don't know if we're the only ones that do this, but we talk about already the things that we're going to let our, our five-and-a-half-month-old daughter do and, and don't do and everything. And, I, and she's like, so what, what are we going to tell her as far as drugs are concerned? And my wife is obviously like, well, yeah, drugs are bad. And it's like, yeah, obviously drugs are bad. We don't want our baby to do drugs. We get that. When she's an adult, she's going to do what she's, she's going to do. And I told her, I said, the one thing I would push, the one thing I would push out there, I would say, you know, you do whatever you got to do. It's fine. But please stay away from cocaine because everything is laced. And I, it's just not, it's not like cocaine was in the 80s where it was a much safer drug to take right now. You just can't, you, you, just, you can't do it. You have to assume that you're speedballing any time that you, I mean, uh, you mess with that stuff. Goodness. Because, yeah. What a world. But anyway, X used to be – so X was short for ecstasy, though, right? It was. All right, I'm not wrong there. It's weird he named a whole entire company after that then. A little weird. And when I said X, all I immediately thought was ecstasy and our, you know, whatever. We'll make our way through it. Regardless, though, you can let me know. Let me know what you think. At J Pietro and J P E T E R L I N. I can't find many teams that are putting up as much as the Browns are for this upcoming season. I do believe this is the most important season in modern Browns history. Vic Carucci used to cover the Browns, now is on Sirius XM Radio. I actually worked with Vic very loosely at Yahoo when I was at my former network before I came here. So, like, I'm not going to say me and Vic go way back, but it, it is it's kind of funny that there's a crossroads here. This was Vic on Afternoon Drive earlier today, and this was Vic talking about the Browns and the expectations. 